Hello and welcome to Dave's Disney View Podcast. A one-time cast member, a long-time visitor, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective on the Walt Disney World Resort. The music you're hearing on this podcast is actually from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. You can check him out at ReverbNation.com slash SoundA, as an Apple, or MySpace.com slash SoundA. Craig does a number of different things. Uh, this particular piece is called A Major Suspension, Suspended Glory. So please, do check him out, and we thank Craig for his music. Throughout the show, we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. So please keep your hands and arms inside the moving vehicle at all times, and enjoy the show. Thank you! This podcast is part of the series... Hey everyone, it's Dave. How is everybody doing? Well, one of the things that makes Disney interesting and unique, Walt Disney had once said that he wanted to make take people out of their everyday and put them in somewhere different, to make them think of something different. And while Disney on the whole does that, one of the things that makes Disney unique is the fact that they take the time to theme all of their food and their restaurants and all the things that go around with it differently and uniquely for each one of the restaurants. So while you may have what amounts to the same food between restaurant A and restaurant B, the theming is what makes it really unique. So here's my story. Back in the early 1990s, uh, before I became a cast member, uh, there was a friend and I, and we used to go to Disney all the time. She and I would head out there and we would just go into the park and we would go to a... Um, Go to uh, go to a ride, go to an attraction, go to a show, whatever. We we view, viewed it as our own little vacation, mini vacation, to just go out and have a little fun for an afternoon or on a Saturday or whatever. And we do this on a regular basis. And at some point, we got this crazy idea: let's go and try every restaurant on Disney property. And it became this sort of quest for food over the next eighteen months that we wanted to try every restaurant that was on Disney property. Now, maybe it's a little ridiculous. Maybe it seems a little outside the norm, you know, maybe something really unusual. But we were young, we had some free time, and, you know, we lived in Orlando, and it really wasn't a big deal to go over to Disney. What's the difference between doing, doing that and trying to visit restaurants, you know, in your local, uh, wherever you live, in your local town, trying to visit all the restaurants you can in your local town? So in a way, it turned out to be this really fun adventure. And it was, it was a really interesting time. And it became so much more than just the quest for food. Well, you know, like I said, some of the food is more or less the same in different places. The ambiance of the restaurants is really what makes it unique. And the settings really stood apart. You know, they put so much thought and attention into the detail of the restaurants, and sometimes into the food and the theming of the food, that they really make it something unique. Um, and the funny thing is, I look back on it, that was almost 20 years ago now that I went on this quest. Oh my God, has that been 20 years? Um, it's been 20 years, and I still remember a lot of the restaurants very specifically. And some of them are gone and some of them have changed and whatever, but I still remember them. And they be they became unforgettable in some ways. And how many restaurants can you say you've been to that are truly unforgettable? I mean, remember, this was, you know, I was living in Orlando, we were going there all the time, and it some of the restaurants still are unforgettable to me. So 
the, the quest really took on a life of its own. It became something where every time we were there, we were trying to do something and make sure we caught another restaurant. Sometimes we had to have some repeat business based on what park we were in or whatever, but we tried to do them all. Now, I can't imagine I'm the only person who ever did this, and I'm curious if anyone else has ever done this or tried it. So please feel free to email, email me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com if you have done it. I'd be curious to see how your quest went. But as for me, I want to reflect back on, some, on this quest and kind of tell you about the experience and how it went for me. Um, and I'd like to kind of tell you about some of the restaurants and what was, what was interesting about them. Uh, you know, and so what I'd like to do is kind of walk around and go to each of the restaurants and, you know, kind of reflect on that and tell you a little bit about it. And I want to start with the resort loop on the monorail, um, the three hotels on, on the resort loop and what's in there. So let's start off with the Contemporary Hotel. Um, you know, the Contemporary really defines Disney. I mean, it's so cool. It's such an interesting and innovative design. They had this A-frame hotel where they lifted the, the rooms into the hotel and whatever, and you have the monorail that goes right through it. I think that really sums up what Disney is. It's just something very unique and different. The hotel at the time had five, five main food locations. Um, down on the first floor, it used to be that you had the arcade down there. And I love that arcade. They had some really cool things uh, in there, uh, including the shooting gallery and the, the movie theater in the back. And they had this um, little um, mini uh, area where they had like a Madame Leota um, ripoff that they did there. And I can't even remember if it was Madame Leota, but they had the, the doll's head, you know, the, the mannequin head there, and they were projecting an image onto it to tell you a story. It was like a fortune teller or something, if I remember correctly. But it was kind of cool because you got to see the Madame Leota um, style and how they did it outside of the Haunted Mansion. And you had to know it was there because it was kind of tucked away in the back and it was pretty cool. But anyway, they had a little food kiosk next to it. It was just a little place where you could get burgers and fries and whatever. But I used to love to go to the arcade. Um, there were other arcades around, but I like this one. Maybe because it had the Disney panache to it. I'm not sure. But I used to go there every once in a while. So, of course, I had to eat in the uh, in the Sunshine Food Terrace down there. I think that's what it was called. Um, where you had... Uh, had some interesting things, and it, like I said, it was just standard fare, but it was fun. Um, by the pool, there was a snack bar, and a couple of times when we were heading out to Discovery Island, we'd stop by the snack bar and just get a little snack, whatever, and just hang out there. Um, I don't remember really much about it other than it was right out there by the water, and it was kind of neat while you were waiting for the, uh, for the, the uh, boat over to Discovery Island. Then on the Grand Canyon Concourse, you had uh, the two restaurants. Um, one is the Concourse, now the Concourse Steakhouse. Um, at the time, uh, it, I don't think it was the Concourse Steakhouse. I think it was something else. But I didn't, never made it there during my tour. Um, I had eaten there once before when it was like an everything restaurant. It was like the catch-all. It was the main restaurant on the floor. Um, and I'd eaten there once uh, when I was uh, visiting the Magic Kingdom back in the maybe early 80s. But I uh, never ate there on this tour, unfortunately. Um, and But it was neat because you could always watch the monorail from there. And then the other one at the end was Chef Mickey's. Now... Back in the early 90s, I think it hadn't converted to Chef Mickey's yet. I've been there so many times that I can't remember now when it became Chef Mickey's, but um, I think it hadn't converted to Chef Mickey's and it was something else. It was still a buffet-style restaurant, um, but I don't think it was Chef Mickey's yet. And we did eat there on the tour and had a little fun with it. Uh, the food was good. Really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, the, I still love the breakfast buffet. You heard on my recent podcast that I was there, and it was just, it was good. I mean, the food's good. And it, what's not to love about seeing Mickey and all his pals and have, hanging out. Um, and then finally you had what was on the top of the world. And it used to be called the top of the world. And it, over the course of time, it was many, many different things. Um, it used to be a dinner show. It was a breakfast buffet at some point. It was uh, 
uh, a, a sort of a higher end restaurant and then it became the California Grill. And I've eaten at it, I think, in every one of its incarnations except for the California Grill. I've, it's the strangest thing. I've never eaten there as it's, uh, since it's been the California Grill. But on my quest, I did eat there. Um, it was a, uh, it was like a, a more upscale restaurant, slightly up from where it was. It wasn't the California Grill yet, but they had served lunch and dinner, and it was a really nice place to go and eat. And what's not to love about being on the top floor of the Contemporary and being able to look out over the Magic Kingdom? Uh, and, of course, you could walk out on the north end. Uh, there's a little walkway out there, and you can actually stand on the end and look out into the Magic Kingdom. So you're outside, you can see everything, and it was really beautiful. I'm not sure if the view has changed um, a lot because of the, uh, the uh, tower that's been built there, but uh, I suspect you can probably still see from the, you can still see the Magic Kingdom from there. But it's a fun place to go, and I used to, used to love going up there. And one of the things I remember back in the maybe late 70s or early 80s, that used to be a place when it was a breakfast buffet up at the top. It was really pretty cool. It was the only place on property I can ever remember there was a crepe station. Now, I've seen crepes in other places around the magic around the, the entirety of the property, but I don't remember ever seeing a crepe station. So they had some toppings and some fillings you could put inside, and you, they would just make them right there, and that was pretty cool. It made an impression on me. I remember it uh, very well. It's really kind of cool how I remember that. Next, let's uh, head over to the Polynesian. Now, the Polynesian is kind of a fun place. Um, the... Uh, there's a certain charm to it. You go in the Polynesian and you got to love the uh, waterfall and everything else that's going on in there, and it's really kind of fun. Um, you know, it's just nice to walk around in there and just kind of get that vibe about being in a, in a tropical location. I've been to the uh, to the islands, some of the islands in the uh, in the South Pacific, and you know, you kind of get that feel, sort of. I mean, it's it's wholly different, but you kind of get the charm and the feel of it. Um, it just kind of <clears throat> just kind of works. There, there's uh, six food locations. There was a uh, poolside lounge where you could get a drink or a snack, and uh, I remember going there a couple of times and getting a little something uh, and just kind of hanging out by the pool. Um, there was a uh, Buccaneer Club where there was it was actually like more like a bar, and um, I don't think I ever went there. Um, I'm pretty sure that I didn't. I don't remember it. Um, let's see. There was a quick service option where you could get some food, and I remember getting some food a couple of times and going out and just like nachos or whatever and going out and watching the fireworks from the Magic Kingdom, just standing at the lagoon and watching the fireworks. That was kind of fun. Um, there's, um, there's also the uh, Kona, what's now the Kona Cafe. I guess, does that change too? I think it's changed since it was the Kona Cafe. Uh, it's been through several names in its history. It's changed over a couple of times. The facade always looks different. The menu's been changing. But I know I ate in that restaurant at least once. It was always kind of a little sit-down uh, uh, place to eat. And uh, I remember sitting there and eating and trying some different things. And it was always, you know, it was always pleasant. And it was, it was a nice place and um, very uh, kind of friendly and, you know, just a little different because it's away from everything else and the food was good. Um, then you had, um, you had the other part, uh, which now is uh, the Lilo and Stitch buffet, uh, all-you-can-eat all breakfast. And then at night, it's the, uh, the Rodizio-type thing, right, where you have the... Uh, uh, you have the two different meals, so you have the breakfast and the dinner. So the <clears throat> before it was the Lilo and Stitch one. It used to be a uh, it used to be Minnie's Mini Huni or something like that, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. And it was a it was a full buffet where you'd walk around and you'd pick out your food very much like you do over at some of the other places instead of being the family style meal. And I really enjoyed that. I like that um, being this the the, uh, the buffet type thing where they had a lot more interesting food. And we used to go there. 
we used to go there a lot. I went there um, on the tour, of course, but anytime we'd go up and visit and we'd, uh, we'd be staying uh, somewhere on or near Disney property, that was always our last day activity. We'd go over there, we'd have a brunch, and then we'd go home. And it was always kind of fun. I, I really enjoyed that. The food was always good and the, the atmosphere was nice. I don't quite enjoy it as much as Lilo and Stitches. Like I say, I'm not as big on the, on the, um, the, uh, the bowl of food coming out to you, being sort of family style, as much as I was the buffet. And, you know, I don't think the choices are all that great anymore either because it used to be so much more interesting stuff they'd serve. But it was always kind of fun to sit up there and just kind of enjoy it. And a funny story for you. I had, um, had an uncle who used to live, um, he lived in Lakeland for a while. And uh, I was there in Orlando, and I remember we were going to meet for brunch. And my uncle was always late. It was just one of these funny things. It was a running joke in the family. He was always going to be late for everything. And I remember telling him uh, we were going to have uh, brunch one morning at uh, 10 o'clock. And so I told him we were having brunch at 9.30. And he shows up at 5 minutes to, uh, to 10, and he walks up to the counter. And I'm just standing there. I've already checked in, and I'm just standing there watching. I watch him walk up to the counter. He's in a panic, and he goes, hey, I'm here. Uh, I'm here for, the, uh, for, the, for the, uh, the 9.30, and I know I'm late. And the lady just looks at him, and I just walked around the corner. I said, no, nah, it was for 10. I told you half an hour early on purpose. And he just starts laughing. It was you know, just a great moment. It's been the, uh, been the running joke ever since. Now, whenever I talk to him, I always tell him a half an hour different and go, you know, that's the right time, right? Have a little joke over that one. But that was pretty good. It was, uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, so Ohana is the, uh, so that was the, the breakfast one. The Ohana is the, uh, is the Rodizio style one where they have the meats that they bring around. And you know, I got to be honest, I've never actually eaten there. It's, it's one of those quirky things that I've never had an opportunity to actually eat there. Um, I don't know why. It just, timing never worked out. It just never, never really uh, got it together where I could eat there. Kind of funny, because uh, it's something I always wanted to try. I just never had a chance to. So I still haven't eaten there, if you can believe that. Um, and so that was, uh, that was that. And then there's a uh, Polynesian luau outside. And surprisingly, I've never eaten that either. And though I have had opportunities to do it, one of my favorite moments was I was in probably uh, early in high school. I was a uh, Boy Scout, and my dad and I had been off on a Boy Scout camp- camping trip or something. And my mom and my brother went to, uh, went to Disney. And we were going to meet them there on the way home and go to the, uh, meet them for the luau that evening and then spend the next day you know, just tooling around and then head home. And I don't remember why, but I remember talking to my dad, and we talked about it for a while, and we said, you know, we're tired after the camping trip. Why don't we just head home, skip the luau, whatever? So somehow or other, we got a message to my mom and told her. And so my mom and my brother went to the luau anyway, and my brother still holds it over to me to this day that uh, he went to the luau and I didn't, and I've never been. And there have been other opportunities where I had a chance to go and I just didn't go. Just haven't made it to it. Um, just the way the world works sometimes, I guess. Uh, it's too bad, but I uh, still haven't made it to the, uh, to the luau. So that pretty much covers the Polynesian Hotel. Um, now you've got the, um, next up you've got the uh, Grand Floridian. Now the Grand, Grand Floridian uh, was a relatively new hotel when I, uh, when I was doing the tour. And it's got a certain grandeur to it. It's, it's really neat. It's different from the other two we've discussed and, and really more elegant. It had, you know, just everything about it had a certain charm. There was always music, live music playing a lot of the time. And you have the greeter and you have a lot of different things happening. Um, they have a nice tea with Aurora and friends and or Alice and friends. And they have a uh, thing they do with Princess Aurora and friends now. And it's really something different. Um, <clears throat> the first restaurant that I think of when I think of the Grand Floridian is Victoria and Albert's. And... Um, it's the only place on Disney property where a jacket is required to dine. And the only place 
um, save some of the clubs on Pleasure Island and whatever, um, where children weren't allowed. And my first thought is, wait, isn't this Disney? Why wouldn't children be allowed? Okay, and for me, I decided, I made a conscious choice, and my friend and I also, also agreed, um, that we weren't going to eat there because it just seemed so out of place for Disney. Now, I don't begrudge anyone the enjoyment of having a meal without kids around. I don't. But this is Disney, and I wanted to enjoy the entirety of the experience, and it just seemed out of place to me, and it still seems out of place to me. So I've never eaten at Victoria and Albert's. I understand it's really, really good, but I've never eaten there. Um, <clears throat> now, there's a counter-service restaurant in the back of the hotel, um, and... Uh, I didn't eat there on the tour. We didn't make it over there during the tour. I have eaten there since then. Uh, it was it was good, you know, standard uh, counter service fare. Nothing really uh, all that exciting. Uh, but uh, you know, it's your basic food stuff, and it was it was okay. Then you've got uh, Citrico's, which is the one that's um, uh, it's the one I believe that's the one that's out um, that's in the building, kind of uh, at the end of the building, where you have the um, uh, where you look out over the over the water, and. Okay, I got to tell a little story here. I've only eaten there one time, and it was there's a reason. It was the last meal I ate with my friend on this tour. Um, uh, now I continued the tour on my on my own, but I didn't go with her anymore. It was uh, it was one of these uncomfortable meals where we decided to go our separate ways, you know. So it was one of those things where you know just decided that uh, wasn't working out too well, so uh, went a different way. But um, now I don't remember, you know, in retrospect, I don't remember much about this restaurant other than that fact, which is kind of weird. You know, it's just one of those strange moments. The other uh, restaurant um, there is Narcusi's, and Narcusi's is out on the water. And Narcusi's is a pretty cool restaurant. It's, it's, very, it's kind of slick and different. Um, it's got a view of the Magic Kingdom when you look out there. Um, and I've eaten out there several times now. Uh, and during the tour, I ate there once, and um, I've eaten there several uh, times uh, time since. But one great story about that restaurant... I went in there once with some friends, and uh, one was uh, one of my friends looked a little bit like Darius Rucker of Hootie and the Blowfish, and the people in the restaurant all thought it was him. People that worked there, people that uh, that um, were dining there, everybody thought it was him. They thought it was they thought it was the guy from Hootie and the Blowfish, and so we were having a good chuckle over that um, because we knew it wasn't, and we kept telling him it wasn't, but nobody would believe us. They kept saying, "Oh no, it's got to be him." And they actually started playing uh, Hootie and the Blowfish music <laughs> while we were dining, and it was just really, really funny. Just one of those great moments um, that uh, that happened. And it actually, that him being mistaken for uh, for Darius was uh, happened several times throughout the the trip that we had, and it was just <laughs> really amusing. And I still look back on that and have a nice chuckle. And whenever I talk to the guy, I, we still laugh about that. Remember the time Hootie and the Blowfish? Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Um, you have the Grand Floridian Cafe. It's just a casual sit-down restaurant. Um, never, uh, I didn't eat there during the tour, but I have eaten there a couple of times. Uh, had eaten there a couple of times before we decided to go on the tour, so I'll, I'll count that as uh, as uh, as having eaten there. Um, you know, not unlike any other uh, casual restaurants. Um, nothing special, but not bad. You know, one of those things that uh, that was pretty good. And then the last one in there is the 1900 Park Fair, which is the um, one of the character buffets. Uh, and it's it's kind of changed around a lot over the years, and it's now I think it's Mary Poppins, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I ate there once during the the quest for food, and it was it was pretty good and it was entertaining. I've eaten there several times since, and it's always enjoyable. Um, and so that rounds out the resort loop. 
So we'll do more in the next podcast. I'll take you around with me to some other locations. To be continued in the next podcast. You can, of course, always find my podcast on iTunes under Dave's Disney View. Um, or feel free to visit my website at davesdisneyview.shorturl.com. And I'm hoping to, uh, to bring you some more great podcasts in the future, some things I hope you like. But please do email me anytime at davesdisneyview at gmail.com and let me know what you think or something you'd like to hear more about. And that's my show for this week. I am out. I'll see you. We've reached our destination in the 21st century. And I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, the future is always in front of us. Hey, thanks for joining me on Dave's Disney View podcast for this week. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email me at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Now, gather your personal belongings and step off onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal and opposite speeds. The music you're hearing on this podcast is actually from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. You can check him out at ReverbNation.com slash SoundA, as in Apple, or MySpace.com slash SoundA. Craig does a number of different things. Uh, this particular piece is called A Major Suspension, Suspended Glory. So please do check him out, and we thank Craig for his music. 